Hey, welcome back. It's uh, Rob Houghton and Craig Pickin, and we're talking million-dollar careers. We've been uh, we've been doing these podcasts for a couple of weeks now. We've gotten a lot of really favorable comments, questions, people reaching out to us. So we're going to continue down the path for a while and talk about uh, how to how to develop, how to grow, and how to construct a million-dollar career. What's happening, Rob? Everything is great. If, if if I was doing any better, I don't know if I can handle it. But there you go. All good. All good. Yep. It's a, it's a beautiful Sunday in, in Carolina. Awesome, man. You know, I've been talking to a couple of people. A guy named Tyler down in Texas reached out to me. We had a good hour long chat, and he's thinking about growing his career. And, and ultimately, you know, we just talked about a lot of things. And the answer I had to him was, "Hey, look, if you want to be a CEO, you got to think like a CEO." A lot of traps people get into is they get they get into this box a union a union manufacturing worker or uh, you know whatever somebody's just an hourly you know an hourly employee jumping from job to job you know thinking that that's the best that life will bring them and my thoughts are totally different CEOs think differently and they yeah. think bigger and they think more strategic they have a lot of focus incredible amounts of focus and they know how to develop people and get the best out of people yeah what are you uh what are you seeing out there how do you become a ceo or how do you think like a ceo well having been a ceo several times in my past it's uh it's a difficult thing to actually master because you have to be part owner and you have to be part employee but most of all you've got to be a leader and a captain of the ship because everyone's watching you. So CEOs, uh, you know, is more strategic. You're the face of the organization. You're responsible for building and growing that organization. Whereas a COO is in charge of, you know, operations, obviously. And the CFO is the numbers guy. So you've got your classic grinder, finder, and minder again. The finder is the CEO. The grinder is the COO. And the minder, the CFO. So the CEO really has to, in my opinion, because there's so much you have to do, leadership, going to conferences, making big decisions. The big issue that stops most people from becoming a CEO is others hijack their time. They cannot properly manage their time and they cannot properly focus, which is, which is what you said. And before we went on the air, we talked about none other than Warren Buffett and Billy Gates, okay? And I was, I, I just read an article this weekend and said, Warren Buffett, really successful people say no to almost everything. And I will quote you, when Bill Gates first met Warren Buffett, their host, none other than Gates's mother, asked everyone around the table to share the single most important factor to their success. Gates and Buffett both gave the same one-word answer, focus. If you want to play with the big boys, if you want to be a CEO, mm -hmm. you got to learn how to focus. Yep. This goes back to that young man that, that you said you were having coaching. Mm -hmm. The most important thing that, that you could coach him on is focus. And that means staying away from bad people, staying, staying away from bad things, focusing on your schoolwork. So, I mean, if I can answer what you said in one word, how can people become more like CEOs? You got to learn how to focus, learn how to say no. 
Yeah. No, I look, I think the focus thing, I think anybody who wants to develop a career, I mean, if you want a million dollars, you really want a, yeah, even if you want to call it a million dollar career, if you really want a career that you can be proud of, I'm trying to think of the word, I think I'm getting Alzheimer's. Um, yeah, if you want a meaningful career, it's, it's, it's finding a direction. And, and a lot of people, they, they lack focus. They're going this way, they're going that way, they're going that way. They're picking up every shiny object down the road. You know, next thing you know, they're 15 years in their path and they're nowhere. I mean, it's almost like they were dropped into the middle of the ocean and they just decided to tread water instead of swimming somewhere in order to find terra firma. Yeah, and exactly. yeah, that's kind of the, I think it's the focus. Yeah, that's the, the the lack of focus. I think is what really is the true issue most people have in their career. Yeah, I'm going to qualify that. Okay, a little bit. Okay, All right. I'm going to qualify that. So I was reading another article, and as you know, my wife I, um, is a medical professional. She's a retired dentist, but she reads all these medical journals, and she came up with an article about two weeks ago that just blew me away. They're saying now that cancer is going to be eliminated within 10 years, heart disease eliminated within 10 years. Just these two things alone are going to extend people's lives, younger people's lives, well past 100 years old. So your kids, maybe, maybe not your kids, but, but your grandkids maybe, they're going to be living until they're 110 or 120 years old. So when I hear about someone said, uh, saying you got to pick a career out, my take and my advice to these really young guys is, and young gals is experience over things. Experience a lot of different things. Take internships. Right. Try a little bit of this. Try a little of that. But as you said, you have to get to a point where ultimately you got to focus. But I think 35 is the new 25. You know, so yeah. if somebody graduates from college at the age of 21, 22, which I think is too early. Yeah, I think a lot of people should take time off, go in the military or something, because nobody knows what they want to do in their 20. So let's say yeah. you're in your early 30s, right? Now you focus. Now you, you have to recognize your calling. What is your vocation? Vocation is even different than having a career. What's your calling? What, what's your passion? What do you really want to do? And once you find that, that one thing out, you know, what's the one thing, then you throw everything into it. Then you got yeah. to focus. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you when you talk about, you know, 22 years old when you graduate college. Yeah, even even today, colleges now are pushing 18, 19 year olds to declare their major. It's crazy. You're 18, 19 years old. And it's it's like, declare your major. I'm like, whoa, that's that's it's a crazy. lot of pre that's a lot of pressure to put on an 18, 19 year old kid. And I actually think that here's why I think that works against them is because now they're so paralyzed with I got to get it right. I got to get it right. And I'm like, you know, no, you really don't. You don't have to get it right. What you have to do is march down a path. And the marching down the path is I'm going to learn about business. I'm going to read about a lot of business. And I'm going to read a lot about or I'm going to learn a little bit about chemistry. And I'm going to march down the path of the education to get my brain bigger and get my thought processes right. Or get Just learn how to really think critically. And I'm going to walk down the path. And as I walk down the path, I'm going to pick up tidbits. And every tidbit 
you know, it's kind of like a building block. Every tidbit that I learn will build on top of each other. But at the end of the day, it's like I got you got to have a direction. You 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 got to stay committed to going in a direction. It's hey, if I'm going to go to college, I'm going to I'm going to commit to making an A in every class or an A or a B in every class and learning as much sure. as I can and graduating from school. I'm not going to worry about what my major is, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to get the degree and I'm going to learn how to think critically and and think big. Um, because yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people that want you to think small. Well, here's sort of another contrarian view that I have. Okay, is if you're going to go to college, let's just say that for for whatever reason you're going to college because mm -hmm. mommy and daddy want you to go, or it's just the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with starting off with a liberal arts and then getting a master's at some point, because what you just said makes a lot of sense. The key takeaway that I found in a successful CEO, and you name them all, Tim Cook, all these guys, besides focus, one thing that really sets them apart is they can think and reason critically. They make good decisions. Yep. You think about a young person's life. It's all about making the right decisions. Mm -hmm. Example, example, exhibit number one of a bad decision a police record, exhibit number two of a bad decision, you get someone pregnant, exhibit number three as a, as a bad decision, addictions, drug addiction. Yeah, drug addiction, yeah, absolutely. You make bad decisions, you're done, man. I don't care what degree you have, how smart you are. You make bad decisions, you're done. You make a bad decision as a CEO, and we can name all these people, but of course, in this show, we're not going to embarrass anybody. But I can think of probably five or six CEOs right now who just blew it. And you know how they blew it? They couldn't, they weren't able to critically think. So if you want to talk about how can an average guy become a CEO, you got to educate yourself to right. think critically. How do you do that? That's a separate podcast. But one thing that this article talks about Warren Buffett, do you realize that he spends 80% of his time reading, reading, he reads fiction, he reads nonfiction. And what reading does, particularly fiction, it teaches you how to critically think. Mm -hmm. You know? So my kind of take on how to be a CEO as a young person, you got to get smart. You got to be able to think critically. You got to say no. Uh, read the Wall Street Journal, you know? Yeah. Hey, Every look, day. even if, even if you choose not to go to college, say you just trade school, you want to be a, you're a plumber. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But go ahead. But think about, hey, look, you know, you see, you know, you see how things are done. Hey, wait a minute. If I do this a little bit better or a little bit differently, I could do something. Yeah, I could grow. It. You know, and it's, it's, you know, I think what, you know, when, when people feel stuck in their careers, it's because they, you know, what they've done is they've stopped challenging themselves and they've, they've stopped challenging themselves and they've stopped learning. And I think that's, you know, that, you know, like I think about the, you know, the union auto worker, the hard, yeah, look, hardworking guy, there's nothing wrong with being a union auto worker or, you know, but I think they've, they've challenged, they've stopped challenging themselves in their yeah. Career. Someone along the way told them that the best they can be is a union auto worker or a union factory worker. 
I know. And they I believed know. it. And the sad thing is, is that they believed it. And I think they've got a candidate. Line. Go ahead. I was going to say, so along those lines, I've got a candidate. Her name is Kim Smith. I've known her for a long time. And uh, you know, she had a position which is relatively low. but been in it for 20 years. And uh, I, I've always thought about this particular candidate, thinking to myself, man, this individual has got a lot to offer. Communicates well, smart, funny. But man, you know, single mom living in an apartment, her opinion of herself was, I'm always going to be an account manager, you know? Mm -hmm. I'll never be the top salesperson making 200000 a year. Well, you know what? I placed her with one of my clients as a salesperson. And she's kicking ass and taking names later. She's going to make a lot of money. And all it was, was giving that individual the confidence to think, hey, I can cross that bridge. I can compete with all those white guys who dominate insurance sales. I'm a woman. I'm going to kick their asses. I am going to sell just as much as they sell. And all she needed was a change in mindset. She just needed a little bit of confidence because you know what? Single moms in the workplace, they get beaten down. Yep. They do. They really do. Yep. I'll admit that. I don't mind just telling everybody. It, it's a fact. They do get beaten down. Yep. And uh, I'm a white guy. I can say that. But it's the damn truth. You know, a lot of a lot of women in the workplace just get beaten down. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of tired of it myself. And I'm going to do everything I can as a recruiter to empower these people to cross that bridge and start competing because a lot of them can. As you know, some of the best salesmen are women, right? Yeah, they're great. Oh, they're great. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Some of, well, some of the best salesmen, you know, salespeople. I, great, I, I, I was I was talking to a guy, monster real estate development company out of Atlanta. And I was talking to their CEO. I met him somewhere. I can't remember why, how. But I was talking to him and he said, our top salespeople are teachers. Are, yeah, are, exactly. Are female teachers. I go, I was like, why? And he says, they're really good at giving direction. They're really good at sort of like herding cats. They're really good at just saying, here's the, here's the contract. Here's the pen. Sign here, here, and here. And they just have a person. I'm like, wow, that's, you know, that's awesome. And they believe, yeah, but they understand who, you know, it's like the, the guy understood, hey, who is going to be a really good salesperson for my development company? He found it. And he, and he goes, hey, look, all their life, they've made, they've been told the best they can make is $60,000 a year. Absolutely. You, tell them you, you tell them to come board with us and you make it, you know, and, and you, 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 you put in 100% effort you'll make a hundred grand your first year. Absolutely. And they're like, Hey, I'm in, you're going to tell me how to make a hundred thousand bucks. Yeah. Well, and, and we're laughing because they're, they're like, they're motivated a hundred thousand bucks. We want them to make three or $400,000 because they're paid. They, yeah. If they're making three or 400,000, we're making a gajillion. But that's yeah, why we do this, man. That's why you and I are executive search guys, man. I, I mean, I do it for the money, but to be honest with you, man, there is nothing that gets me more excited than to take a man or a woman who's been beaten down, yeah. has a lack of self-esteem, no confidence, but yeah. I can see it. I, I, when I see it, I know it's there. And I will do everything I can to find that person a job with the right yeah. company. Because 
that's a life that's a life changer man yeah when you have advanced professionally that that helps your personal life too i mean yeah. that's changing lives man that, that that's precisely why i do this the exact that you brought up attitude yeah. attitude if you've got the if someone has the attitude of i'm stuck i want to get unstuck can you show me how or tell me how or help me get it unstuck my answer is absolutely yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, you, you you sit there and you talk to people, you dig into them a little bit, you see they all there's a lot of value with every there's a lot of value in people. People I won't I, I don't have the time of day for are the ones with just attitudes. It's like ah manana. Oh, I really no, did you do it? No, I got oh man, I met I met this person and we went out drinking and you know, it was such a good time. And, and I figure I'll get to it on Tuesday. Mm, yeah, that that's yeah. a very short conversation. They've got to own it. They have they to got own, own it. People own it. You know, along these same lines, the other thing, the other skill, I mean, your skills and attributes, but if, 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 if we're going to stay on skills here for the moment. So another skill that a young person should really develop to be a CEO, okay? You got to be able to communicate that. Yep. So a CEO is a visionary. CEOs are the guys that represent the face of their organization. There are conferences. Mm -hmm. I know you speak at conferences, right? Yep. You're the CEO of your company. So if you can't communicate, yep. you're dead in the water. So I always tell people, take Dale Carnegie, get involved with Toastmasters. Yeah. You got to be a really good communicator. And we've all been in meetings of people that had the greatest idea. Sometimes they just don't speak up. And you know what? Nobody ever knows. I remember when I was with Arthur Anderson, that was my first job out of college, big eight accounting firm. Mm -hmm. And I remember I, I, I met my managing partner, Milt Fortson, about 10 years later. And Milt came up to me and he says, hey, Rob, he says, he said, you know, he, I, I, I don't know how the conversation started, but he came around to, you know, I always thought that you should have talked more. You should have participated more in the meetings that we had because, you know, you were one of the few guys in the room that usually looking back on it had the right answer. But you were shy. You didn't have confidence, which is all true. You know, I've always had self-esteem problems. And it took me a long while, probably until I'm in my 50s, to really develop their confidence in public speaking abilities and the ability to communicate. But when I was in my twenties, I was terrible. I couldn't put two words together. And I go to these meetings, seriously, I go to these meetings, I would be afraid to yeah. talk. You know? Yeah. And uh, I just couldn't communicate. So looking back on it, if I had really spent time development, developing my communication skills, Toastmasters, Dale Carnegie, oh, who knows what would have happened? Because I've had several people since then say, you should have talked more. You should have communicated more. So communication skills is another one. The willingness and the ability to walk in the boss's office and say, very respectively, why are we doing this? You know, explain to me why we're doing it so I can explain to my team why we're doing it. Because I Because the sales compensation package has just changed. And now all the sales guys are pissed off and they're talking about leaving. And I can't even, and I can't even explain why the package changed. So that yep. person, if you want to be the CEO, you got to go to the CEO's office or your immediate supervisor 
and say very respectively, hey, boss, why did the compensation plan change so yeah. that you can empower your people? Because you're only you're only as successful as your team is. So well, that's my still Yeah, but I, but I look at it differently, too. And you're the CEO. You know, what does the CEO want? CEO just wants to know that the person who's coming into their office is cocked and loaded and ready to, you know, it's like, what's music to the, what's music to the CEO's ears? Hey, this is the problem. Here are the three solutions. You know, solution A presents this problem. Solution B presents this problem. Solution C it presents this, you know, this problem, but here could be the outcome. You know, I suggest C, if you give me the okay to do C, you don't have to worry about a thing. I got it. I'm responsible for it. And I will be accountable for the results. And you're the CEO. You're like, hallelujah. That's the, yeah, that's the person. Yeah. Nobody wants to go. Yeah. No yeah. CEO wants somebody to come to the office and go, Hey, we got problems, boss. You know, well, figure it out. We got problems, boss. You got to, you got to tell me what direction you want to go. It's like, yeah, the guy's got, you know, yeah. the guy or girl's got 9,000 things on their, on their plate. And you come walking in with a problem and no and no solutions. You know, once but again, you know what? If the CEO has a if the CEO decides he's gonna or the CFO decides they're gonna change the sales compensation plan and yeah. they haven't told you, yeah, you know, you know, you gotta go in, you got you gotta go in there and say, Hey, you know, explain yeah. to me, please, what this why you're doing this plan, you know. Right. Yep. And 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 that's part of communication. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very difficult. Very difficult. You know, it's like Tim Cook. You know, Tim Cook is told. You know, Tim Cook has taken Apple and incredible. You, know, you think about Apple Music. You think about the AirPods. You think about the new Macs. They're doing their new. Yeah, you know, they're now they're making the M1 chip for their stuff. Uh -huh. um, yeah, the iPhone. You know, whatever, whatever iPhone version we're into now. You know, Steve Jobs really did an incredible job laying the foundation of Apple. But then you think what Tim Cook has done, you know, he's like, hey, look, we're going to get on this path. And he's put the right leaders over music, over you know, yeah. Apple TV, or he's put the right leaders in place and said, look, this is yours. Own yeah. it. You know, own it. You know, if yeah, you want, own it. I think if you want to be a CEO or if you want to grow your, your, your career, to something that is, you know, equally fulfilling or, you know, you know, you, you think about owning, I need to own it. I need to own my own life and my own, that which is in front of me. And I think that comes down to focus. Hey, why do we, every, every single time we do a podcast. Okay. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a shout out to somebody here. Every time we do a podcast, it always comes back to this one guy, right? Okay. Owning stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, everybody just get this book. Extreme Ownership. Jocko. You got it. It's so true. Man. You got to you gotta own yeah. your stuff, man. Yeah. Love you, Jocko. Yeah, you know? but, but I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs fail. Yeah. Because they, exactly. they, they give people, they make pe people, you know, they don't give them, they, they, they don't allow them to be accountable for the results. You know, they give, they sort of give them the, they sort of give them the responsibility, but then they want to micromanage them. And then they want that person to be, you know, and it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, Hey, look, if you got yeah. somebody on your team, you know, you delegate, you delegate authority 
and you make somebody accountable for the results. You give them responsibility and you you make them accountable. And then you say, I'll give you a great example. There's no excuses. I mean, I'll give you a great example. I'm going to call this guy out. I don't give a shit. Right. I'm calling him out anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to call this guy out. So I was recently uh, on an organizational consulting assignment with U.S. Special Forces. Okay? All right. And you know, these guys are highly trained. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm working with this guy who's the program manager. Okay. <laughs> okay. The first thing this guy does in front of all these Green Berets. Okay. I'm not a Green Beret. I'm just a consultant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just to be on the record. Okay. So there's a, so that there's no confusion. My son's a Green Beret. Okay. So there's probably 40 to 45 Green Berets. Mm-hmm. And the program manager comes out. And the first thing this guy's doing is complaining, whining, pissing and moaning about all oh, these vaccination restrictions and restrictions on this. And we can't yeah. do that. We don't have money for this. Yeah. And, you know, I took this guy. I took this guy outside. After everybody was gone, I said, hey, dude, are you out of your mind? And guys like, what are you talking about? And he says, these guys don't want to work for you. Do you know who these guys are? These are Green Berets, man. These are special operation forces. These guys take the extreme ownership over everything. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when they were in Iraq, okay, mm-hmm. they were told, hey, you can't do unilateral. You, you can't do your own missions. You have to work with the Iraqi soldiers, mm-hmm. okay? Everybody's like, what are you talking about? We're not working with these guys. They're not trained. We're going to get shoot. We're going to get shot in the back. So one of the team leaders could have easily whined and complained to the command and says, why are we doing this to all soldiers? But you know what? He knew that if he did that, everybody, everybody else is going to check out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he, he just sucked it up and said, Hey, we're going to work with these guys because the quicker we train these local indigenous forces, the, the quicker they can, mm-hmm take over protection for their country. So it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. We need to train these guys, man. Yeah. And you know what? Everybody got on board. That's extreme ownership. This yeah. knucklehead, this program manager, I called him right out. I said, dude, <laughs> yeah. you should fire yourself, man. You should fire yourself. Right. Because you can't come in here and command this group of men and yeah. be whining and all this bullshit. I mean, yeah. you're a damn disgrace, man. Yeah. I told him that right to his face. He stood there and looked at me and walked away. <laughs> you know, I was ready to fight this guy in a gravel what, parking lot. What? Yeah, what? I would have fought this guy right then. I was so pissed off. I said, come on, man. We'll go at it right here, man. I'll take you on one hand time on my back, man. Right here in this gravel but, parking but, lot. But, but that's, everybody knows the negative Nancy in their organization. Oh, this is BS. Yeah, you can't do oh, that. Oh, why man. do we do it? Oh, the leadership here sucks. Oh, it's such a... <laughs> You know, and you're like, hey, look, if you feel that way about the place you work, why are you working there? Exactly. Well, look in the mirror and go, why Why am I doing this? And, and, and because I think people find an upside in being that way. But then you see yeah. the person who comes in and says, hey, look, yeah, we've got you. You find the person. They're all there. You know, so here's something I learned. This is something I'm speaking about next week. And, you know, one. Ego is not your amigo. Your ego is not your friend. My ego oof, is not my buddy. And I have to, you know, I, I, you know, I've tempered it. I think I have. Ego is not your friend. But here's the reality of the situation. In companies, A players hate B players. 
can't stand them. Right. A players in the company, the top 20% of your company that does about 80% of the work can't stand the B players who show up and complain and do, you know, they could, they cram four hours of work into an eight hour day because a players want to work with a players. Right. Exactly. Here's the second thing. A players can't stand B companies except for one and a players will not go to B companies. Everybody knows in every industry, what a B company, what, who's the B company in your industry. It's the one that people really just absolutely will not go to work for unless they need absolutely need a job. A players will never go to a B company except to do one thing. And that's to turn it around. Yeah. So you think about the B player, the guy who's complaining about the vaccine. Look, you know, I'll get into politics. Do I like government mandates to get a vaccine? No. Do I think that they're legal? Probably not. Did I get a vaccine? Absolutely. Why did I get a vaccine? Because my daughter has juvenile diabetes. And if she were to get COVID from me, it would, could be very well disaster to her. So I get, I get the shot. And you know what I found in getting the shot? It was like no big deal. So all these people that are puffing their chest out because they don't want to get, you know, it's the ego that they have. You can't tell me what to do. You can't do that. You can't, whatever. You know, I'm sort of like, hey, wait a minute. It becomes a a cancer. You know, the negative Nancy's in your organization, the best thing to do with them, hack them off the knees, fire them, get rid of them. And the other 80, the other 20% in your company will go, Thank you. Yeah, exactly. why, why did it take us? Why did it take you so long to do that? Yeah. Hey, hey, dude, I just hope you don't grow three years, three years in about 15 years <laughs> from the vaccination. I'll worry about that. Uh, yeah, I'll worry about that. Down, I'll worry about that down the road. But, but, you know, I, I just think like, you know, I've been in so I many know. organizations and quite frankly, you know, I think in some frustrating times, you know, everybody, you know, my, you know, no, absolutely. I'm not, was I one of those negative person people at some point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what did some guy do? He jacked me up and said, listen to yourself. What, what's yeah. your upset? Yeah, that's the other thing too. Yeah, was, the other thing too that I want to bring up is, uh, you know, these young guys had to, had to be a CEO. The other thing I've learned from CEOs that I've worked uh, for and with is they're always learning. They're always developing their skills, doing new things. You know, particularly nowadays, I told my three sons, when you, you know, all of them graduated from college, I said, you know what? Your learning experience has just begun. You guys need to be doing online courses, take some coding classes, you know, critical thinking classes, philosophy, communications, work on your writing skills, get off into different ancillary industries, you know, and continuously learn because I think most people are going to do some course correction now because things are moving so quickly every three to five years. If you're not reinventing yourself every three to five years, you're probably dead in the water too, you know? Oh, that is, that is a, 
th that is an accurate statement. If you're not reinventing yourself, you're not growing. And yeah, I read the you read the Wall Street Journal. I read it every day. And yeah. there's two things I read on the Wall Street Journal. I read the you know what's news section. I get yeah. on my I get on my iPhone. It's on the app. It's cheap. Um, yeah, a couple hundred bucks a year. I read what's news, and I read the opinion section. That's what I do too. The back page, man. The back page. The, yeah, because then you're going all right. What's news? You you, you you hear about you know ESG and what's happening in ESG, and you're hearing about you know how different yeah. hedge funds are handling it and how that's going to affect the economy. And then you know when you're talking to a CEO or somebody, you've got you've got a valid opinion. And then you read the opinion page. You may not agree with everything, but that's okay. Yeah. You, you learn somebody else's opinion and you can formulate your own. There are a few things more enjoyable that I look forward to. Yeah. Excluding marital functions, obviously. But on a Saturday morning over a cup of coffee, reading the print version, not the electronic version. It's got to be the print version of the Wall Street Journal. Journal. I lay that thing out on my table. And I just start from page one. What's news on the left-hand side? And then I go immediately, just like you, immediately I go to the back page, read all yep. of the letters of the editor, all the opinions. And then I go back to the front page and I'll spend an hour or two hours just reading that freaking paper. There's nothing like reading the Wall Street Journal. No, there's I not tell the young people, you, you got to read it. Man. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you want to balance out it, people say, ah, oh, it's too right-wing for me, balance it out. Read, read the New York Times. Yeah, right you, wing, you, 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 you get, get, get the journal, get the times. You got two balancing opinions, you can formulate your own. But yeah, you know, here's an interesting thing is, and this is kind of where I'm talking to the, you know, some of the young kids I mentor, High Point University. If you go to High Point University up in High Point, North Carolina, are you ready for this? They have got a mock-up of an airplane fuselage in one of their halls. It's like in the hall, you know, like in the cafeteria or the business school or whatever else. And so I was asking one of the, you know, they was taking a tour. My kids were thinking about going to High Point and I was taking the tour. I said, what's with the airplane fuselage? And they had you know, seats in there. And they said, we teach our kids that every time they get on an airplane or every time they sit down next to somebody they don't know, it could be an interview conversation. It could be a conversation. And when you get on that airplane, you don't know who's sitting next to you. But there's only two ways you can go. You can be really intelligent and have an intelligent conversation, or you can be a dope. We, we want our kids to be trained when they get on an airplane that the person sitting next to them throughout their business career might be somebody that they will do business with in yeah, the next 30, 60 man. days. Yeah, I think about, wow, yeah. what, a great, what a great way to think about your life. You know, yeah. If I meet a stranger in a if I meet a stranger in a donut shop and have a conversation with them, you treat it like maybe it's somebody I'm going to do business with down the road. And how am I going to, you know, you know it, it's going to be a what's happening in the economy, what's happening with, you know, the investing world, what's happening with inflation, what's happening with tech. And the threat of Taiwan under China or whatever. Pick a pick a topic, you know. But I'm a, it's it's going to be an intelligent conversation, and 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 I. But that's how people grow their careers. They're always ready to have that intelligent conversation with somebody yeah. that they may want to do business with.
Everyone has a story. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. Everybody has greatness within them. Yep. I love to talk to perfect strangers and try and figure out, okay, so what is this? What is this person's God's gift? Like, what is it that makes them different? They may not even know, but mm -hmm. I like to just ask a lot of questions and assess them. It sounds kind of weird, but I like to get inside of their mind a little bit mm -hmm. and find out, like, what is this person's genius? And everyone has a story, man. Yeah. I guarantee you, Tim Cook is reading a lot about China right now. It has better been for be. a long time. And honey, you know, people, you know, it's and 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 Asia, Asian economies and and not just Tim Cook, but Honeywell or you know, you know Levi's or you know, you know, Microsoft or whatever. They're all reading about you know cultures and you know their 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 mind is grown. They it's 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 the absolute stuff that everybody needs to be on top of. And 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 everybody says, well, you know, I always hear the people that go, well, I'm you know, I'm I'm, I'm older now. It's too late for me. I'm like, well, the only person that will ever say it's too late for you is you. And there's you're going to have two people. You got people that encourage you to go for it. And you're going to have detractors who say you can never get there. Yeah, what right. do you do? You hang out with the people who are encouraging. You ditch the detractors. You know, yeah. Get rid of it. Just cut the noise off at the knees. Don't listen to it. And move on forward. Hey, I just got an email here. Okay. Right. Samantha from Atlanta, Georgia. All right. She actually researched this Warren Buffett article that I cited earlier in the conversation. Yeah. Samantha, thank you very much. This is incredible. This is why I love doing this show, man. She actually did some research. She says, hey, Rob, please provide some of the tactical solutions to how do you become focused? To everyone out there listening to this, I'm sorry. I just gave you the top line. The one word answer at the Bill Gates dining room table, focus. Okay. She went through the article. Here, here's what Samantha says. She just gave me the bullet points. Number one, kill busy work. Yep. I'll just go down the list. We can always talk. Again, Samantha, thanks a lot. Okay. Number one, kill busy work. Okay. Number two, only work with people you could see yourself working with forever. That's really cool. Number three, keep things super, super simple. Yep. Just the old KISS principle, right? You are yep. not in the military, okay? Mm -hmm. So these are all things, again, that are tactical ways that you can become more focused because mm -hmm. that's what we've already determined. Per Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, focus. Number yep. four, focus on a few high-quality bets. Yep. Now, this is where the genius of a Steve Jobs and a Tim Cook comes. Mm -hmm. The Apple Watch, right? The Apple Watch. That was a high-quality bet that mm -hmm. Tim Cook made, right? That freaking thing is driving Apple's bottom line now. The Apple Watch. It's mm -hmm. just huge now. Mm -hmm. Successful beyond a wild imagination. So focus on a few high-quality bets, mm -hmm. even as an employee. You know, Focus on long-term bets. Avoid the technology bandwagon. Yep. In other words, what you said, sometimes you just got to get rid of the social media. Just get rid of the noise. I know this for a fact. This is not in the article, but I know because I read a lot about Warren Buffett. Mm -hmm. He doesn't he doesn't carry a smartphone. He carries one of those old Nokia things. I wish I could those get ones you buy in Walmart, you know? He didn't he didn't have a smartphone because it, mm -hmm. it's just noise to him. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Samantha, thank you very much.
it's good to know that we got people out there that are checking us, checking us out, man. You know, well, it, the truth, it, it, we're going to be careful what we say in these things. These people are checking, man. I hear you. Know? you. No, it's all good. But let, <laughs> so let's wrap it up. So let's wrap it up with this. But I think it's interesting. Now you pick up. Yeah, you talk about Apple and the watch. Started with the watch. It's just a watch. And then it's like, hey, wait a minute. You know, now it becomes a communication device. We can talk through it. You can text through it. I can literally read my, my well, I don't have an Apple Watch, but my, my wife does. And my, oh, wife really? can, my wife can be 100 miles away. And she can pick up my daughter's blood sugars from her constant glucose monitor. Wow, really? So now it becomes a, now it becomes a health device, and that's where it's all moving. And now Apple, you you know, now Apple's it's like, hey, look, it started with a watch. That's yeah. your career. It starts with a position in life, and it starts with, you know, what can I build upon this place? And there will be a million critics, and you have two choices: you can listen to them or you can ignore them, and walk down the path. And I'm all about yeah. walking down walking down the path. Everybody has value. Everybody has value. And the value yeah. that you have is not what some jackalope said it was back in the day. Yeah, you're exactly right. Man. Just get going. Good. Cool, Good, man. man. Well, I hopefully there's a lot of young CEOs out there that are going to become CEOs now. If we can just reach one person on the planet, it's all worth it, right? It's all worth it. You get one person, help them out. And, all good. And, and to all the other Samanthas out there, and Nathaniel from last week from Africa, give us a call, send us emails. You can reach me at rhouten at mrfairfax.com. I'm Craig at northstaresg.com. Send Robert I a note. Stay in touch. You never know. We may patch you in on a phone call next time. Thanks, Rob. Right? Th thanks for coming on. Okay. It was great chatting thanks, with brother. you today. As always, it was great chatting today. All right, man. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.